Hey there, folks, and welcome to the Preacher's Devo Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Messina. The Preacher's Devo Podcast is designed for those seeking some devotional thought on certain biblical truths and doctrines of the faith. Throughout this podcast, I offer an analysis of the Heidelberg Catechism. I've chosen the Heidelberg Catechism because of its easy-to-follow structure of 52 what are called Lord's Days. We are now in episode number 7 and in Lord's Day number 7. As alluded to in episode number 6, Jesus Christ is the mediator between us and God. Let's recall 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, it says, For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is a testimony given at the proper time. Well, prior to those verses are these verses. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and for all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Which then leads us to the first question in the Heidelberg Catechism in Lord's Day number 7, which is, Are all men then saved by Christ as they have perished in Adam? The answer is no. Only those who by true faith are engrafted into him and receive all his benefits. Going back to 1 Timothy chapter 2, God does desire for all to be saved, but that does not mean that all will be saved. The doctrine that spouses the belief that all will be saved is called universalism, which is heretical. Why? Because if Christ died on the cross for all, and all do not come to him by faith, then he died in vain. Why would he have to die on the cross if all eventually are saved? You see, that's why Christ, as Paul says in 1 Timothy, is the one mediator between God and men. He had to die for our sins, and we have to believe in order to receive his salvation. That's why the Heidelberg Catechism says, Only those who by true faith are engrafted into him and receive all his benefits are saved. 1 John 1, 12-13 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who are born not of blood, nor will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Perhaps a more forceful pericope of scripture is Hebrews chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. It states, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who hear it. For we who have believed do enter that rest, as he has said. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the work. In other words, salvation is for those who believe the message of the gospel that was preached to them. The Heidelberg Catechism continues and it asks this question, What is true faith? The answer is, True faith is not only a sure knowledge whereby I hold for truth all that God has revealed to us in His Word, but also a hearty trust which the Holy Spirit works in me by the gospel that not only to others, but to me also, forgiveness of sins, everlasting righteousness, and salvation are freely given by God merely of grace, only for the sake of Christ's merits." What a response. What an answer. So much to unpack. In quick sum, 
faith is revealed to us in God's word. It also involves trust. That's why Paul says in Romans 5.1, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It does take trust to believe in that. Further, it requires the gospel, the gospel message. Now, Paul says in Romans chapter 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of salvation to everyone who believes. There, is, there it is, folks, faith. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. In other words, for the people of God in the Old Testament who believed in him by faith and also, also to us now who are Gentiles who believe in Jesus Christ. And finally, salvation involves forgiveness of sins, everlasting righteousness. In other words, we are made righteous because of Jesus forever. And then salvation that is freely given to us by grace and for the sake of Christ's merits. We are saved, folks, not again as I have already reiterated in other podcasts, by our own works. We are saved by the grace and kindness of Jesus Christ towards us. And this, again, is a reminder of Ephesians chapter 2, verses 7 through 9. It says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. That is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So we receive our salvation and our righteousness from Jesus. And look at what Paul says in Romans 3, 24 to 25. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. We have been justified by faith through Jesus. What an amazing reality. For those who believe in Jesus Christ, we have the assurance of our salvation because of what he has done and we now have received the remission of our sins because Christ in his grace and love has accomplished that for us. Which now leads us to the next question in Lord's Day number 7. What then is necessary for a Christian to believe? The answer given is all that is promised us in the gospel which the articles of our Catholic undoubted Christian faith teach us in summary. Now, the word Catholic here is not referring to the Roman Catholic Church. It is referring to a universal Christian belief and faith in the gospel. Now, what is the gospel? Simply put, the gospel is the message about Jesus. Now, John 20, verse 31 says, But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that believing you may have life in his name. John here is referring to everything that preceded chapter 20, in the Gospel of John, which is the message of Jesus, which is the life of Jesus, which is the testimony of Jesus, which is the miracle of Jesus, of his coming and of his dying on the cross for us. It's a sort of a summary, which again is what was alluded in the answer to the third question in Lord's Day number seven. What is then necessary for a Christian to believe? It is necessary for the Christian to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now note that the answer to the third question mentions the articles of our Catholic and undoubted Christian faith. What are these articles? Well, here the Heidelberg Catechism is referring to the Apostles' Creed. Well, the Apostles' Creed is a summary of the main things that Christians believe as it relates to God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the message of the gospel. It states, I believe in God the Father, Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, 
and in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and he sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Well, folks, that's a lot to unload. And we are going to spend the next podcast unpacking and unveiling the truths that were just said from the Apostles' Creed. We will spend subsequent podcasts to unveil what this all means. But it is important to note a few things. Number one, the Apostles' Creed is Trinitarian in nature. It speaks of God the Father, of Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Note that the bulk of the Apostles' Creed is dedicated to the person of Jesus Christ. It speaks of his nature as the Son of God. It speaks of his virgin birth and of the message of the gospel, that he was crucified, he was dead, he was buried, and that he rose from the dead. These truths come straight out of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and of the message of all of the gospels. As I said, we will explore these truths and realities in our next podcast. Friends, thanks for listening to episode number seven. I am your host, Daniel Messina, and until our next podcast, stay encouraged and encourage others and keep